Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 upfront for 3 months plus taxes and fees, promo rate for new customers for a limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. center of the galaxy this is the four center podcast feed i'm ken napsock returning for spotlight star wars episode 66 if you're keeping track at home a little delayed you can probably still hear it in my voice i've been sick all week the great flu that swept through the collider and complex media offices out there in uh, burbank just wrecked a lot of people's lives this past week uh, the entire crew pretty much getting sick i think only mark ellis 
survived the sickness um, untouched must be all those baby carrots he eats but I am here now uh, trying to uh, power through a quick little episode because I think there's a couple things to talk about and we won't go into uh, in depth here because I don't have my compadres on this show I don't have Joseph Scrimshaw Jennifer Landa John Roca Emma Fife Michael Young Mike Black, some of our great guests from the past. This would be a great discussion for all, but there's some news to talk about here that won't be uh, we won't be able to address as a four center team for a while due to a pre-taped episode coming out this week on Thanksgiving week. Uh, it is a uh, Thanksgiving, a Star Wars Thanksgiving edition. Um, Amelia Clark, Mother of Dragons, Khaleesi. Joining the cast of the Han Solo spin-off movie this coming late in the week. Some last-minute news. It was the StarWars.com website that was the first to really post the news. This is not something you saw in a lot of scoops. It uh, The first time I saw it, it came across Twitter, and that was what I saw. It was StarWars.com, so it's official. She is joining the cast of the Han Solo movie in a role... That will round out a dynamic cast of characters that Han and Chewie will encounter on their adventures. So, obviously, speculation, some excitement, some blowback, a lot of things about just this uh, little tidbit of Star Wars news. Um... I'll start with my reaction as a Game of Thrones fan. A lot of people tweeting to me how excited they were that someone else from the Game of Thrones universe joining the Star Wars universe. Um, We had, of course, Gwendolyn Christie, Brand of Tarth, in Episode 7 as Captain Phasma, and hopefully going forward. You also had the actor who played Cereal Pharrell showing up in Maz Kanata's castle. So, uh, whereas I think Charles Dance could have been a good uh, first order officer of high uh, high leadership position, uh, a lot of other people, I would have loved to see Liam Cunningham, uh, Sir Davos in there, Stephen Delane, um, who of course is Stannis Baratheon. A lot of those guys I would have expected those old kind of crusty British dudes to be kind of bad in the movies. Um, Amelia Clark is uh, was not on the radar screen. This wasn't rumored. This wasn't thought of. It just seems like they they had an opportunity to get someone big, someone with some. Uh, uh, a fan base and bring her into this movie. Now, the first thing, my reaction, am I excited? Yes, of course, because I love Game of Thrones. I love Khaleesi. Jorah Mormont's my favorite character. She is my Khaleesi. Khaleesi! Um, I'm excited, yeah. Do I think she's a great actress? I think she's a good actress. She does, she is definitely Danny. She's definitely Daenerys Targaryen to me. Um, I I know in Genesis she faltered and stumbled in some other things, and maybe she um, doesn't have that top flight actress category. She's uh, maybe more of a popcorn movie actress right now. Things could change. Maybe this helps people uh, see her in a different light, but I don't think so. I don't. I don't need her to win an Academy Award. I don't even need her to win a Golden Globe with this award. I'm excited that she has joined the team. That is a good thing. Uh, uh, merging the fan bases and exciting the fan bases is a good thing. And this movie is starting. It's gone from a dubious uh, reaction from a lot of people, myself included. Do we really need a Han Solo solo movie? A Han Solo solo movie? A Han Solo standalone movie? Do we really need um, to go into his backstory? Do we want to? Can we cast another actor as Han Solo? We're past that now. Alden Ehrenreich has that task. And then you get Donald Glover joining as Lando. We know there's going to be Chewy and and uh, we're hearing with Lord and Miller, uh, we're hearing from a lot of people that this is great stuff. I've heard some inside scoop, no spoilers, but just said, hey, this is going to be one of the best Star Wars pictures you've ever seen, and that gets me excited. It gets me very excited. 
So Amelia Clark joining just adds to that excitement. But the speculation of to what role, I got to tell you, there was, let's address it head on, there was an, an immediate kind of backlash, I get it, I understand where it comes from, of hey, they cast a, a white woman in a, in a major role, and we uh, have seen that, Daisy Ridley, Natalie Portman, going back to Carrie Fisher, let's get some, uh, some color in there, and then what happened, because there was rumors, there was more than rumors, there was just straight out reports that actresses like Tessa Thompson, Zoe Kravitz, and Naomi Scott had auditioned for a key role in this picture. So to have Amelia Clark announced, not one of them announced, I get the immediate blowback. But calm down in this hashtag Twitter uh, um, by fire kind of world we live in. Calm down, slow down. I have no doubt in my mind that this is not the same role and that you're still going to get what we believe to be Sena Solo, as I like to call her, Sena Staros is uh, her name. Um... This is not that role. I, I seriously doubt Amelia Clark was cast in this role. Now, if, if it turns out she was, and they say, yeah, we, just, we, we saw Tessa Thompson and Zoe Kravitz and all these other uh, women of color, we went with Amelia Clark, then absolutely there is an outrage to come. There's an outrage that you need to have because then that would be a complete whitewashing of a character already established very strongly and prominently in the Marvel comic series uh, as a, a uh, what I say, as a black woman, but in the galaxy of Star Wars, they might not have that term for it. Does that make sense? In <laughs> the Star Wars galaxy, they might not refer to uh, um, uh, that skin tone as a black person. It's, is that weird? Because it's aliens, races, and humanoids and everything. It just might be a different way to look at it. I never thought about it until I said it out loud. Um, but you know what I mean. That would be a complete whitewashing. That would be unfortunate. That would be worth the outrage. Is, is it worth a pause? Yes. I get it. In these times, we're trying to make sure, we're trying to ensure as a fan base that we got some diversity, some needed diversity, both uh, more female uh, cast members, Rogue One, it's great that it has Jyn Erso as a lead, but hey, you know, I get the argument, one or two other of the rebels on her squad have been a, a woman or a female alien or something like that, yeah, absolutely, you, sh- you could have, should have, maybe next time they would have, um, so I understand that there should be some pause of, hey, wait, what happened? We heard these rumors of this other role. Where's that role? Is this the same role? But I don't think, just from a fan point of view, as someone who's excited about this casting, I do not believe Amelia Clark is going to be that same character that I'm still betting, and a lot of people are betting, is Santa Staros. I still think you'll get that announcement, uh, whether it's Tessa Thompson, Zoe Kravitz, Naomi Scott. Uh, I, I don't know. Tessa Thompson is kind of my favorite in that choice and of those choices right now. Zoe Kravitz is good, has a good presence as well. I'm not as familiar with Naomi Scott. Maybe it's someone else. Bring someone else in. So I think I still think you're going to get uh, that announcement, and then I think uh, all will be right. But I understand it's much like with the Force Awakens casting announcement. If they had done that a little different, if Daisy Ridley and John Boyega had kind of been announced and pushed forward uh, above all else first, and then you kind of show uh, the old cast coming back, maybe it still would have been like, hey, a lot of white, a lot of men, Um, but... I think the impact would have been different. It's just how you announce it. But again, you get Amelia Clark, one of the biggest names in uh, geek fandoms right now. You're going to announce it. It's going to be big, and it's going to be exciting. And I think that's what Disney and uh, Lucasfilm did with this choice. I absolutely believe Santa Staros is still in this film and will be cast appropriately. I have more than hope. I have a strong belief that will happen. Now, with Amelia Clark in the film, speculation of who she might be, if it's not Santa Staros, and again, don't think it is, 
I got to go straight to someone who tweeted something, and it's not a thought that other people haven't had, but someone tweeted it to me and Christian Harloff directly, and I think it works. I think it works. It is a listener, Zibbles Zeb, at Zibbles Says. Trouble with Zibbles. He says, um, could Amelia Clark be a live-action Ahsoka Tano in the movie? Yes, I think that is an outside-the-box, maybe a low-percentage bet, but I think there's something about that that makes sense. Ahsoka Tano is a very powerful character now in the Star Wars lore. Fans love her. She grew up from Snips. She grew uh, up from that to a a top-five character for a lot of people. Myself included, I think there's so much to the Ahsoka Tano character, her path, learning under the man who eventually became Vader, leaving the Jedi Order. She's not technically a Jedi, having uh, a lot of um, important parts uh, to play in the Clone Wars, becoming so close with Rex, and now stuff we've learned from the Ahsoka Tano book, which is canon, and then her joining up with Rebels and going from Fulcrum, a a spy, helping with the Rebels Network, to um, now out in front, and is she dead? Is she not dead? Is she going to come back? What's the story? I think, I think, without a doubt, Ahsoka Tano is still alive. I believe that's the case. I don't know why they played it the way they did. I don't know what the intrigue, I don't know how it pays off. I think if that character were to die, now if that, let's just say Ahsoka Tano did die in Rebels, that was quite a send-off. That was a great send-off. But you got to follow those little, those little owls that follow her around. Those owls, I forget the name, someone tell me right now. There's those owls, uh, they look like owls, space owls, as we like to call things. Anything we're con- If we're confused on anything in the Force Center world, we just put space in front of it. Those space owls. Uh, those have been following Ahsoka around since the Clone Wars cartoon, since early on. They appear, you can look it up on the internet, there's some great uh, YouTube channels that go into it in more detail. But in key moments in Ahsoka's life, those owls are there. And so those those owls to come back, the space owls, um, to come back and be there towards the possible end, I I, I think that means something. And the fact that now uh, Sabine Wren has on her left shoulder, I believe, the owl uh, painted on there, Um, the bird, the space owl, um... I think it all key. It's all key, and, all, and it all play in. I do think that Ahsoka Tano will show up some other time. So, what a way to transition that character from animated TV show, books, and comics to the big screen with someone like Amelia Clark. Now, Ashley Eckstein does an amazing job and has done an amazing job making Ahsoka what she is. I don't know. Do you cast? As Ashley Eckstein in the role? No, I don't think you do. I don't think she's that type of actress. Um, I wouldn't be disappointed. I mean, it's her voice. I get that. But Amelia Clark, kind of in a weird way, if you if you dress her up, you put some makeup on, you put some uh, you put some Leku on there. Um, you know, uh, she bears a striking resemblance to Ahsoka Tano to me. Maybe we're me. Maybe me and Zibbles are reaching here. Now, what would she be doing in a Han Solo standalone film set, um, you know, who knows, maybe during the events of Rebels? Could We don't know the time frame quite yet. There's 19 years to play with based on Donald Glover and, and Alden Ehrenreich's uh, age. I don't see it being closer to Han being in high school and or the Imperial Academy, actually, closer to the Clone Wars. I see this being closer to the events of the original trilogy, the events of Rogue One, than uh, maybe we, more pre- we previously thought. So, 
the events of Rebels and the events of Ahsoka's life during that time. She's secret. She's a, a different character name. She's she's hiding. She's then becomes Fulcrum. All that kind of stuff. Could at some point Han Solo and Chewie run into Ahsoka Tano? Could that be part of their adventures? Could it be an early attempt to get them into the rebellion that they turned down? Could it be? I understand story-wise, it seems like a stretch. But casting-wise, it doesn't seem like a stretch to me. Could it just me being too excited and too giddy, wanting to see Millie Clark play one of my favorite characters? Yes, it could be. Uh, am I fine with the idea of an original character showing up? Absolutely, of course. But I don't need that, and, and I don't need everyone from the cartoons or the comic books to show up in the movies. Uh, we're getting that um, done excellently well with Saw Gerrera, uh, Forrest Whitaker portraying him, and I think that's going to work out great and going to work out fine. But to me, it shows that they could do that again, that they might need to do it again, and there's something about it. Look, I, if Kanan Jarrus were to show up at any point in one of these standalone movies, whether it's Freddie Prinze uh, actually playing him, that that could work out, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Um, I, I, I'd be behind it, because there's something that makes it all kind of seem real. The inclusion of Saw Gerrera in other parts of the Star Wars story, and he shows up quite a bit, he's mentioned quite a bit in some of the other new canon um, and the fact that he's now going to be on big screen excites me. I like that prospect. It makes the world and some of this new canon that we're reading, it just makes it seem more real. It makes it seem like it's definitely part of the lore and not separate. Now, that can be daunting to people who don't read or watch uh, some of these other things. I get it. Some people, Star Wars is the movies, even if they don't include the prequels in it. Um, you know, it's like, hey, those are the movies, the rest of it doesn't matter. I was like that for a long time with the Expanded Universe, because the Expanded Universe got too big, unwieldy, and just kind of weird and crazy, alright? We've talked about that before, we'll talk about it again. I didn't buy into it, so I know you love Shadows of the Empire. I didn't read it. I know who Prince Zizor is, alright? I know who Dash Rendar is, I played the game, but I, I, I don't I didn't get too far into them. I like the references. Dash Rendar's ship showing up in Rebels was pretty cool, at least the same model. I like that. That was kind of cool. I love the cool nods. But um, uh, So I don't need every character to show up in the movies. But some of the bigger characters, in a weird, it would help me in a weird way. It would help me to kind of just feel like it's worth my time and investment and that it all does matter. So I think at some point, the idea of Ahsoka Tano showing up on the big screen, I think it has to happen at some point. And Amelia Clark could be that person. I think it's a good idea. Let's say she shows up on a small part here, and maybe that third standalone film that we still don't know much about has more to do with Ahsoka Tano. Do we get an Ahsoka Tano-led Star Wars movie? Be great. Be cool. Throw a female director behind it, and you've got a great idea as far as I'm concerned, but you would need to introduce her somehow, some way, on the big screen to make it real to those fans who only watch the movies. You're not going to have a Star Wars-led movie, uh, a Ahsoka Tano-led Star Wars movie, I should say, um, by just doing it and expect that the people who read the books and watched the shows and read the comics. No, you're going to need to introduce her in some way. So it is possible it could be tied into a bigger picture. I'm excited about it. I hope you are too. You can let me know at hashtag Spotlight Star Wars on Twitter, or you can write us on the Facebook page, the Force Center Facebook page. Like it if you haven't, and write us there and say, what do you think about Amelia Clark? What do you think about her role? What do you think it will be? And what do you think about Ahsoka Tano showing up on the big screen?
The other thing I want to talk about is the Catalyst novel, a Rogue One story. Joseph is reading it right now. We're going to go into a bigger review. We owe you guys a bigger review of the Ahsoka novel as well, possibly. So maybe we'll combine it together in a um, Force Center a Force Center Reads edition. But I do want to address Catalyst because uh, I've been talking about it with Christian Harloff on the Jedi Council and in the office and with anyone I can meet. The excitement for Catalyst Rogue One, I feel, is absolutely correct. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I was excited for this when I learned about it. A fan of James Lucino. I liked Tarkin. It was a B-plus level book, but with some great stuff in there. 
Plagueis, which is no longer canon, as we know, and unfortunate at some levels. Uh, Lucina wrote that, and it's great. And he wrote a lot of the stuff, uh, the Labyrinth of Evil time frame, Revenge of the Sith novel time frame, all that stuff. He wrote some stuff there that's really good as well, no longer canon. But I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't advise not to read it, actually. It, it's cool stuff. Take a look. And Lucino also wrote, co-wrote uh, the, the Robotech novels that I grew up reading as well. So I was excited going in, and there's something, again, as much as you heard me bash about the second Rogue One, Rogue One trailer, and I'm worried about some dialogue stuff, that's all just film critic stuff. As a fan, I am still very, very excited for Rogue One. I am still uh, geeked up that I, 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 I don't want to brag, but I, I have my press screening date. As of right now, I know when I'm seeing the movie. I have my press screening date. Uh, it's, it's awesome, and I can't wait. And uh, I don't like to brag about that. It's just a perk of, of being in the business. So I know when I'm going to see it, and I'm going to see it several times. I guarantee it. Um, uh, Force Awakens saw in the theater, what, six, seven times? I can't remember. I did not set my personal record when I saw Phantom Menace eight times in the theater. I did not break that with Force Awakens. I had a little less to do in life when Phantom Menace came out. I could just go to the movies all the time. Uh, Rogue One, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna. I'm sure I'm gonna see it a couple times in the theater, and then pick it up and watch it at home again. I'm so excited, and um, the Catalyst novel has amped up that excitement. It is a great and I think needed read. Could you see this movie? Without reading the book, absolutely. They're they're not dumb. The the producers of these films are not going to make it mandatory that you all read this book before you go in. It's just not possible. But I do suggest if you're the reading type or you like the audiobooks, whatever it takes. If you if, if you need your mom to read you the book, if you need your boyfriend to put on a fire and read this book to you. Go for it. Do it. Dive in. I loved it. Again, not going to do a big review, but I love the time frame it sets in. It starts off during the Clone Wars. After the events of the attack of the clones, it focuses on Galen Erso, uh, the father of Jyn Erso, also Lyra Erso. Her mother has a lot to do with this um, story and is a very interesting character. Um, very interesting character. I don't think we're going to see a lot of Lyra Erso in the movie other than maybe a flashback or whenever the movie starts and the stuff we've seen in that trailer. I think, depending on what happens to her, if it's another case, if it's Bambi's mother case, where the mother gets killed, um, uh, as Jennifer Landis kind of bemoaned uh, on some of her other shows, that happens too often. Uh, I think it would, I think it's a bit of a shame and a bit of a waste, because they establish Lyra as a great character, and a great uh, partner for Galen Erso, and a great mother for, for Jin. What she kind of infuses infuses into her, and and, and uh, she's kind of this uh, her own kind of adventurer. Whereas Galen is this stoic, mad genius scientist. She's the almost a Laura Croft like adventurer going out, and that's um, an interesting character. And, and I'm sure if both parents factor into the genetics and upbringing and and end result of of Jin Erso, the Jin Erso Erso we're gonna get. But Lyra is an interesting character. Galen is too, written so well by James Lucino. As is Orson Krennic. Orson Krennic. <sighs> love this character even more. I mean, I guess I should say, I love this character now, because we didn't know what we were getting, other than Ben Mendelsohn, and he looked cool in parts of the trailer. And I did wonder, how are you going to turn director Orson Krennic, which sounds like such an administrative position, the guy uh, partly in charge of building the Death Star, I kept joking about Vader taking business meetings with him because, again, it's not you have Grand Admiral Thrawn, Grand Moff Tarkin, the Emperor, Darth Vader, director Orson Krennic. All right? It doesn't seem to work on paper. But Ben Mendelsohn's a great actor, and you, you knew 
it was going to work on some level. You knew what they were doing. But again, just in the Star Wars bubble, how did this work? How how could this work? And I'll tell you, it works because Lucino writes the character so well. He reminds me a little bit of Colonel Hans Landa from Inglorious Bastards, Christoph Waltz's character. There is a there is kind of a connection. There's kind of a similar type where he is not this uh, man of action, this evil man who's going to do all this physical harm to you. He might have others do that to you, but he's going to be slow, methodical. A little bit of Grand Animal Thrawn in there. He's going to learn who you are. He's going to know who you are. He's going to outsmart you. He's going to convince you more than extract information from you. He's going to kind of control you and manipulate you while being your best friend. There's some great stuff with Krennic. Great stuff with Krennic and Galen and their weird relationship. It's friendly, but not. It's an acquaintanceship, but not. And then there's some of my favorite stuff is Orson Krennic and Poggle the Lesser. That's right, the Archduke from Genosis, featured so prominently in Attack of the Clones with its click That language I can't do. I All, all due respect to all the Genosans out there. I have not mastered your, your language yet. Um... They go deep into that, because the Death Star, of course, started as a separatist weapon built by the Genosians, uh, developed in part by the Genosians, uh, developed for Dooku and the Separatists, and Darth Sidious, who, of course, as we know, is Palpatine. So Palpatine and Dooku playing each other, or playing both sides, but this weapon, technically, the Death Star was, as it was referred to then, the ultimate weapon, was a separatist weapon that the Republic just kind of picked up, and they kind of took it, and they kind of ran with it. And they started building it, very much in secret. And how Krennic goes along, goes around building it and trying to develop the super weapon. It's pretty impressive. And kind of the tricks and, and chicanery has to go to pull that off. And you watch as the Republic turns into the Empire. And it's so good to finally get things kind of on ground level on how the Switch happens. And the Switch, much like it's portrayed in the movies, the Switch happens kind of fast. The Switch happens suddenly quite literally at one point in the plot, but I make the jokes about how the Empire had a lot of uniforms on back order ready to be just put in action the moment it switched, and that kind of happens. But it's an interesting perspective, but also at the same time. And you saw a little bit of it in the Ahsoka novel, too, where some Clone Wars-era equipment and, and uh, tanks and stuff were showing up, being used by the Empire, because it's so fresh after the switch. And this one, you have that, too. Clones are mixed in with non-clone stormtroopers. you got uh, some of the same um, cruisers that the Republic had, the space cruisers. You know, the classic Imperial cruisers hadn't really shown up yet. They're just kind of rolling off the assembly line. TIE fighters are literally rolling off the assembly lines at this point, or at one point in the book, they talk about they have a limited amount of TIE fighters. Um, so there's that kind of w- great stuff, and the stuff with, like I said, Krennic and Pogo the Lesser, it really goes into some Clone Wars era stuff, which is why, at the end of the day, it, it didn't take much, but Joseph Scrimshaw did convince me to open up my heart a little more to the prequels. Yes, the movies are what they are. They fail on some levels. Yes, they could have been done better, but that era of storytelling, that era in the Star Wars story is important, and it is Interesting. There's still so much I think we need to learn during that time. There's a lot leading up to Phantom Menace that I think I'd like to learn about. There's a lot between Phantom Menace and Attack of Clones I'd like to learn about. We cover a lot between Clones and Sith because of the Clone Wars cartoon and some of the other comics. And now... As we get into Rebels, we get this the story as it starts to get closer to A New Hope. Rogue One fitting into that. Um, Han Solo movie, I think it's going to fit into that closer to the Rogue One time frame. Rebels, of course, five years out. But um, there's some of the better books, Lords of the Sith. Why I like Paul S. Kemp's book, Lords of the Sith, so much is it deals with some of the early days of Emperor and Vader's relationship. Tarkin deals with some of that, too. And because Lucina wrote Tarkin, 
uh, some stuff that he established in Tarkin is also uh, touched upon here in Catalyst. I almost want to go back and read Tarkin. Because Tarkin uh, and Krennic have an interesting relationship. It is not a friendly one. It, it, is a, it is definitely a little bit of infighting there. There's a little bit of jealousy and suspicion on, on each side. And so, obviously, in the Tarkin novel, they don't mention Krennic, but they do talk about the Tarkin taking over the Death Star project and how he had some regrets for kind of being away from the project or being farther back from the project, which maybe led to some of the delays. And, well, I mean, that's dealt with in this book. Uh, Krennic's kind of in charge, and, and Tarkin's kind of sitting back. And so some of that stuff that gets paid off on Tarkin's side in the Tarkin novel, you get to, get to see where that starts to build up here. So again, there is so many things to this book, so many layers, and uh, hopefully Joseph and I get a chance to go in soon uh, before Rogue One comes out. Uh, we're going to uh, uh, hopefully have time to do that. But I, if you haven't already pick up Catalyst in any form that you need it to be ingested into your into your brain. Pick it up, read it, see it before Rogue One, and I think it'll help uh, your experience with the movie. Guys, I uh, have lasted longer than I thought my voice would, so I'm going to wrap it up now. As always, you can follow, uh, follow me at Ken Knapsack across all social media platforms. Make sure you follow on the Force Center podcast feed at Force Center Pod. And like us on Facebook. Subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, please. Uh, going to go back to kind of pushing towards that. That helps us a lot. Uh, you can find us on Podomatic and Stitcher as well. We appreciate you all following our adventures here in the Force Center podcast feed. So until next time, all hail the mother of Crack Dragons. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.